Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. This is Lori LeBay, the founder. And Alzheimer's Speaks was created because my mom was on a journey with dementia for 30 years, and it was life-changing. And um, being the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks has just been such a blessing. I I totally adore my work, and I love, um, just love being able to connect people with others that are going through this journey and uh, or are improving uh, services, products, and tools in our, our culture as a whole for all of us to live better alongside dementia. Today's going to be a really fun conversation with a, a man who um, has had just a very exciting and fabulous career and now is living with dementia, but he is living life to the fullest. And I I can't wait to introduce you to him. But before I go there, we are always getting new listeners. So I always just like to uh, tell people a little bit about us. Uh, Bottom line, we are an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. So not only do we have the radio show where we interview people around the world, uh, from those diagnosed to their families to top researchers to musicians and authors and um, you name it. Everyone's voice is heard here. As long as it's in a respectful uh, fashion, we have a great conversation. Um, and then we we do dementia chats where I facilitate a panel discussion of people with dementia and they tell us what they'd like the world to be like. And we take um, different topics each time. We've got a YouTube channel with all kinds of information there. We've done a lot with kicking off both the memory cafes and, and dementia-friendly communities here in the U.S. And then, of course, I speak and train around the country as well. So while you're listening, if you wouldn't mind um, liking and sharing this episode, this, will, again, is going to be a fascinating, fascinating conversation with uh, with John Gross. And I, I just have to also thank you for your loyalty uh, to Alzheimer's Speaks. You have raised our profile so much by working collaboratively with us, getting information out to people that so badly need us. You can always go to alzheimerspeaks.com for more information. Now, I, I have to give a shout out to a few people. Uh, one is an organization called Dementia Action Alliance, and they are going to do their second North American Dementia Conference, June 20th through the 22nd in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, They're all about helping us reimagine dementia. One of the things that I love about their conference is they have a lot of people with dementia speaking there. So you're you're going to hear and see and feel um, and get to know people with dementia and you will walk out with a whole new perspective. So if you're able to go, um, please do so. I also want to um, shout out to Diana Pierce. She has a program called What's Next with Diana Pierce. So she was an anchor here in the Twin Cities area for 32 years, and now she's kind of on to her, her second career. And she does this through Facebook Live. And I had an opportunity to speak with her um, just the other week and um, be able to talk about dementia. And I just want to thank her so much for allowing us to to be on the show and, and help spread the word of hope and resources um, for dementia. We also were lucky to be named one of the top 10 podcasts for Alzheimer's and so and dementia. So that was very fun. And then the last thing I want to shout out to is Gable Pines. I've been doing some educational programs for them that are free to the public. And this Friday from 1030 to 1130, if you're here in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota, um, please reach out to Gable Pines at 651-829-37, uh, or I'm sorry, 3171. That's 651 651- 
829-3171. This uh, program is going to be on the realities of dementia. We're going to talk about family-friendly tools and tips. And then we will continue the program Friday, May 3rd. And May 10th, we're going to uh, do a screening of the film Timeless Love, and then we'll go back May 17th to do another educational program there. So please join us if you can. So let's get to the heart of the show today. I am so honored to have John Gross with us today. John is a good friend and a passionate, passionate storyteller. He's a retired photojournalist at KSTP-TV here in the Twin Cities. And he is a former um, sports and feature reporter at Channel 7 in Detroit. He also worked in Dallas and traveled with the Dallas uh, Cowboys for two years when they went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, um, one of which they won. So John is filled with great stories. He was also a full-time speaker for two years where he um, toured with a blind impressionist and they went around to grade schools and he said it was one of the most spectacular times in his life. John um, has won six Emmys, two Best in uh, Country um, awards for his reporting and he has we've been lucky enough he's done uh, several features on my work here with Alzheimer's Speaks the first one was um, regarding the first memory cafe um, Arthur's memory cafe in Roseville here um, which was launched through ACR uh, Homes. John is now living with dementia himself but he has not slowed down a tad um, he still is continuing to do the work that he loves, and he's uh, doing a fantastic job at that. So welcome, John. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. Lori, glad to be here. Love what you do, and uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Well, thank you. John, can you give people a little bit of background and share with our audience um, some of the symptoms that, that raised concerns for you um, where you were concerned about, about your memory and your cognition? Most often it's been short-term memory, and that's really where it starts, where you just forget stuff. And uh, that's been the thing, and I went down to Mayo Clinic, and I was tested, and it's a whole nine yards of that. And then it sort of, you know, whatever you focus on with emotion expands, And if you focus on that bad memory, that's going to expand. And I think that's what happened. And I took one of these memory tests and I failed it really bad. You know, count the months of the years backwards. What? And I just couldn't do it. So I've been working on that. Uh, I do it daily. Life is like a bank. You only get out of it what you put into it. So, you know, I try to put uh, no deposit, no return. So I try to put a deposit every day in my memory, and I think that's helped quite a bit. But uh, you have to kill the ants. You have to. It's like edit, automatic negative thoughts. Those are the ants. You have to take a fly swatter out and go whap, 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 and you have to realize <laughs> that uh, you know to have a better attitude, you have to have a better attitude, and I think that's really important, especially when you go to bed at night. Because what you think about just before you go to bed, you're going to think about. And uh, you have to have a positive attitude. And there are certain things you can do to improve that memory and improve the emotion that you have. Emotion is what it's all about. If you, I was at the Olympics in 1984, and I noticed a guy that came out of a – he had a long jump. And he came out, and he, he had both of his hands. He put one up, then the other up, then the other up, then the other up, then the other up, then mm-hmm. the other up. And he did it for like a minute. And I, I found out what he was doing, doing was raising his endorphin level. Mm-hmm. He literally would raise his endorphin level and he would feel better. Whatever you focus on with emotion expands. And I found if there's some way to turn the bad into good or if not good, better, you're going to have a better day. And uh, I found that the, the whole way. But these the tests have been really bad for me when I take I've taken a couple and uh, they just have been very 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 hard you're asking me what now one thing that has helped me Lori this has been a real key uh, I retired three years ago 
and I would go to Goodwill stores. And I would go to Goodwill stores, and I would look for books, certain books, thrift books called brain games. And I would buy every brain game that was for kids. I don't want the regular brain game. That's way too hard. But I would get the brain games for kids, and my self-esteem automatically went up. And it was fun and easy. If you can turn something like that into fun, into, oh, i got to do something, it'll be much easier, and you will learn a lot more. But that Goodwill store really has made a big difference in you. If you go to Amazon.com and look for brain games, if you were in the bedroom with me right now, I would be able to go to a bookshelf and show you 150 brain games books that are fun to do and really easy to do, and it makes you feel good when you do them. Oh, fantastic. That's a, that's a um, a great idea, you know, and it gets you out in the community moving around and, and you're proactive with what you're doing, which is uh, so important as well. Now, John, what types of changes did your, your family or friends notice or, or, or maybe they didn't notice any changes? I think mostly it's from or my glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know where my book is? I can't find my book. You know, my, and this would be daily. And I notice sometimes for my wife, she's having the same thing where you just can't remember things. It's sort of, it's, it, it really gets bad when that happens. Where, where are my keys? Well, the key is, and I found this to be so true. If you put your glasses in the same place, Every time. That'll solve 90% of your problem. Because if your glasses are always going to be there, you'll always know where to go. Where if you just put them helter-skelter, you might not be able to find them. But if you put them in the same place every time, you'll be able to find them. And the problem of where are my keys is gone. So I've, mm-hmm. I've done that. And like I say, I've taken these memory tests. And uh, those are not fun to do. I I prepared and I thought I was all ready and I got there and I just went downhill from there. But those are hard tests and they're meant to be. And uh, how would all right, uh, Laurie, count from one hundred to zero by sevens. Ready, go. You know, and that is something that uh, in the future, and I will be taking another test. I will be prepared for because I know what's coming. And if you know what's coming, you can prepare for it. And if you can prepare for it, you can do better than what you did before. But mm-hmm. I think attitude is 99% of life. I think the yep. attitude that you take every day. And sleep is so very, very, very important. I had a CPAP test. And what you do is you go in and you're hooked up. It was, it was crazy. They, I swear they had 500 things on my head and they had stuff in my chest and they had me lay down, raise your left leg, your right leg. We're going to turn the light off. And then uh, I heard some noise, and then they came in and said, it's over. And I got up, and I said, I've never felt this good in my entire life. Can I walk? And I walked down, walked back. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. If you have problems with your memory, have a CPAP test. And with that, it made all the difference. I mean, I'd never felt so good in my entire life. And what, the, what it does is it measures how many times you wake up during the night. And when I started out, I was waking up all the time. Now I'm down to like one, two, three times a night. And a good night's sleep will make all the difference to your memory. A good night's sleep will refresh your memory. And this CPAP, I cannot, you know, express how important it is to have done. And... I only had to pay, I think, $50. I'm 70 years, 72 years old. And because of the age, it was very little. Uh, I only had to pay, like I say, I think $75 for the whole thing. But that makes something like that is a game changer for somebody. Somebody that has a bad memory. If you're not getting sleep, that's why you don't have a bad memory. Because sleep mm-hmm. is so valuable, so important. I don't think people have any idea how important sleep is is and when you get up you're refreshed and ready to go where if you don't 
you're up all night long, turning and flipping around. And but I think if you haven't been there, that's a place to go, and I think that will really, really help people if they do that. Wonderful. Um, John, what was it like when you first got the diagnosis? Were you surprised at all? Were you scared? Were you relieved? People have all different types of of reactions. I was at Mayo Clinic, and, you know, I took a test, and it's the hardest test I've ever taken, uh, bar none, Um, much harder than any college test I ever took. And I think I was in there for a three and a half to four hours. I mean, it was miserable. I mean, it was terrible. And the questions seemed really hard, especially when it came to drawing certain squares and things like that. And and it was literally a, a memory test. And I felt very bad after I got done with it. And I thought, man, did I ever fail that? And I'll tell you, I, I went within. And uh, I was scared about it. I didn't know what it meant, the scores and... I didn't know where I would be sent or anything like that. And since then, I went to another hospital. I went to a hospital and took the test again, and it was bad again. But um, it's a thing that I work on daily. It's a thing that, you know, it's not going to change for the better right away, but I work daily to make it where it's at now. So if I can continue where I'm at now, I'm fine. But do I remember things? Yes, I remember things. Do I remember to lock the door? Sometimes, but I've come up with ways to make sure that the door is locked. So what you do is you have to work more in your memory than any memory, and more in your attitude, I think, than anything else. You know, if if your attitude isn't good, uh, your memory isn't going to be good, and I I think that's a real key. Yeah. Can you can you tell people what you do to, you know, kind of with the door being locked, did you come up with a routine then that you did to uh to change that so that you you weren't scared that you left the house open or You know, it started this way and it really scared me. Um it started this way. I would get up, um I would go out the door, I'd get in the car, drive to the top of the hill and take off. I'd get up, go to the top of the hill, and take off. Then one day I said, well, let me go and let me make sure I lock the door. I went back. The door was wide open. I said, no. So then I made it a point that I'm going to make sure that that door is locked before I leave. And I went to a doctor, and I told him that story. He said that was it, is that you have to make sure that it's locked you have to focus on it, you have to look at it, and you have to make sure that it's locked before you leave. And that was literally the, the key to it. I wasn't mm-hmm. paying that much attention. He said, you weren't paying attention. So make mm-hmm. sure that you do that. So once I did that, that was fine, and it was better, and it's much better than it was. But it's scary. When it started out, it was scary, like drive to the top of the hill. Did I lock the door? Man, I don't know. Let me go back. And when it was wide open that day, it really, really scared me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine that. And, you know, you refer to the testing. I was in a group where, as a care partner for my mom where we would get testing and I remember the first time, you know, I just felt horrible because I thought, oh, I did horrible. I did horrible. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I didn't I didn't finish all the pages. I didn't know all the, you know, the, uh, all the sequencing that you did. And and she just kind of smiled and laughed at me. And she's like, you did fine. And I I said, well, I sure didn't feel like I did fine. And she's like, well, Lori, you have to remember we have to do these for people that have a you know, a, a photographic memory and the people are geniuses. So we always have to have more than enough material here for them to do that. And then she kind of winked at me and said, and, and you're neither. So and I said, well, you could tell people that up front, because even for someone like me who, you know, I'm not diagnosed yet, uh, intimidating test, intimidating. And even that, the counting. I found that too. 
yeah, even counting backwards from from seven, I remember thinking, okay, I'll have this all set. And then the next year they said, count back by nines. And I'm like, no, no, it's supposed to be sevens because I was all ready for the sevens. And so they, they would change it up on you too and and stuff. But it's it's so many things that we don't consciously do in our day-to-day life, but it is testing different portions of our of our memory. But yeah, it is stressful. And I, I remember when my mom took the test, she was literally a wet noodle when she got out of there. She was so exhausted. And, and since I've been through that now, I know why. You know, I didn't know, I didn't understand why prior to that. Um, but once you go through it, you know why it's so exhausting and so frustrating um, to go through that process, but yet so necessary in order to get a diagnosis, which can help you, you know, move to the next level. John, I wanted to um, ask you, you know, how has the diagnosis changed your life? Um, or maybe it hasn't. I'm, I'm assuming it probably has, but maybe it hasn't. I don't think it has changed my life that much. When I started out and I took the test that said, draw a cube, I can't draw a cube. I don't think it affected me there. I think because of an attitude that it's not affecting my life that much. Whatever you focus on with emotion expands. What I'm focusing on is not having a bad memory. I don't get up every day and say, I've got a bad memory. I'm focusing on having a good day. Whatever you focus on with emotion expands. So I'm not stressing more and more every day, well, I've got a bad memory. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, it's getting worse. Whatever you focus on with emotion expands. And, you know, going over these books for grade school kids and doing good improves your Mm -hmm. self-esteem. It's real easy to do. And I like it when it's real easy because I can pass the test. I like that. It makes me feel better. So I really believe whatever you focus on with emotion expands. And if you focus on having a better attitude and thinking better and thinking clear, I think it literally will happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that reminds me of a game you told me about, and I absolutely love it. I do it every day, and you can get the game for free as a free trial. It's called Roberto. Named after the Hall of Fame baseball player, Roberto Clemente. Used to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's a six-minute test you can take for free every day to improve your memory. And it's being used by people all over the world. And with a free trial, you can do it every day for nothing. Roberto, you know about that. Tell people about Roberto and what you know about it. Yeah, that that is a wonderful game, and they can get the the free trial if they just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. There'll be a big tab on the um, right hand side that they can just click on, and there's a referral code, or you can just go to um, roberto.com as well, and it's the the referral code is alzspeaks. A L Z. Um, I, I take that back. It's it's abbreviated, so it's alz A L Z. And then for speaks, the abbreviation is S-P-K-S. So A-L-Z-S-P-K-S. And that's how you can get an extended free trial. But it's absolutely wonderful. You can also go to our YouTube channel and watch a video where we we interviewed um, the team that put this together. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite fascinating. Um, quite fascinating with that. So thanks for thanks for mentioning that. That's that's wonderful. Um, John, can you tell me, you said, you know, the disease itself hasn't impacted your, your life that much, but you have this positive attitude in terms of not looking at the negative and, and really, really living life to, to its fullest, which I think is fabulous. So why is it important to you to continue to speak and, and do your reporting work? Um, what does that what does that give back to you as a person? More than anything, it's it's a reason to get up. 
uh, it's a reason to be happy. Um, it's moving on from where I am. Mental training is as good for the brain as physical exercise is for the body. I'm, I'm finding things to do. I had been retired and was watching TV all day. TV's fun to watch, but I'd rather be doing something that's helping me along the way. And this is one way to be involved. And I think being involved is a, is a key to being happy. And I think that's very important, to be involved with life. Um, I was uh, a reporter for 40 years. And, uh, you know, once I retired, it was just uh, just everything seemed to stop. But once I got back into it, and now I'm feeling so much better. And with this CPAP, I'm sleep, sleeping eight or nine hours a night, maybe sometimes more. And I'm feeling better now than I did when I was in the 50s just because of that CPAP machine. It, it, I cannot explain to you how important it is to get a good night's sleep. You get up and you're refreshed and ready to go and ready to attack the world or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. But I, I really feel that, that having a good night's sleep is so very, very important. Um, and, you know, emotion... Negative emotion attacks your body, attacks your memory. So whatever you can do to get rid of that negative emotion, um, like losing your keys, always have your keys in the same spot. Um, Whatever you need, you need for the morning, have in the same spot. Make sure that you, at night, are laying things out so you don't lose them in the morning when you get up. And simply by doing those little simple steps can make a huge difference in how you react to the day and react to what you have and make what you have easier. Um, and use use YouTube as an example to how to get better. There are world champions in memory that are on YouTube um, that you will be amazed at what you can learn from them and uh, when they do those exercises and talk about memory and give you tips, and they're very easy tips, like Ron White and Jim Quick, and uh, they are just terrific. And I found those to be more helpful than any book or anything like that because they're there, they're talking right at you, and they are literally the best in the country and the best in the world. This Ron White has won two world championships for memory. Mm-hmm. And it's just filled with tips on how to remember things. Well, that's that's wonderful. And and I think um, you know one of the things that I love about you, John, is you're you're not afraid to tackle something new, you know, um, and explore how to, you know, how to create the best life you can. And and I think that that's uh, that that's amazing. You you've got this. Um, curiosity in you and this this belief that things can be better and, and I'm a I'm a big person too that that believes in thinking positively and looking looking on the looking at the glass half filled instead of instead of half empty now you have um interviewed a ton of people again I I know you've done I think three or four stories on on my work alone the last one was a was actually a, an hour-long episode um, in Stories from the Heart that you did where you grabbed all different types of pieces. But tell our audience who else you have interviewed and, and why you chose the people that you've chosen to work with. One of my favorite interviews of all time is with a pro baseball player named Kirk Gibson. He was with the Detroit Tigers when they won the championship. He has a fascinating story, and when I give speeches, I always talk about Kirk and about this story. I covered him from the day that he started his career with the Detroit Tigers. He grew up less than 45 minutes from the ballpark. So it was the opening day. I was upstairs watching, and uh, he went to the plate, and he was introduced, and he got the loudest standing ovation I have ever seen. I mean, they just... Absolutely, they they shook the stadium. And he got up, and it was a three-and-two count, and Ernie Harwell, three-and-two count. There's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Gibson strikes out. 
and there might have been 50 people booing. And then he got up, I think, the third or fourth inning. Same thing, three and two count. Ooh, swing and a miss. Kirk Gibson strikes out again. And he struck out, I think, four times the first game. And then it got worse and worse. There's a fly ball. Gibson drops back, drops back. Oh, no, the ball's 50 feet in front of Gibson. And the booing got louder and louder. By midseason, he is being booed out of the stadium. It's horrendous. And then I remember watching Kirk, and there was one day uh, he was just standing there, and a young boy went up and asked for an autograph, and he said, no, I don't have time. Boo. And by the end of the season, he didn't even want to play baseball. He would show up late. Mm. He was a mess. And he literally wanted to quit baseball. And one of his close friends called him up. In fact, his agent called him up and said, Kirk, uh, how you doing? And he says, I want to quit baseball. I hate baseball. I don't want to play baseball anymore. He says, listen, Kirk, wait. I got something for you. It's called the Pacific Institute in Seattle. There's a guy there that I think can help you. Will you go there? Uh, I'll go there for you. So he went to the Pacific Institute, and there was a guy there that he was hooked up with. And he had a three-day, one-on-one interview with him. And the first day, he says, what's the problem? He says, well, every time I go up to bat, I strike out and people boo for me. All right, no problem. Uh, what are your other problems? And he, t- and he talked. And he, so he had three major things. And he came back the next day. And the guy said, well, tell me what happened. And he said, well, your first thing about hating to, to strike out, I want you to say, I love to hit the ball when it's in the spot I should hit it. I love to play right field, especially on bright, sunny days. I love pressure situations. I love the feeling it gives me. He left after three days at the Pacific Institute. I saw him at spring training, and I saw a brand-new Kirk Gibson. His hair was shaved. His hair was cut. He was the first one out. He led the team, sprinting all around. And it was spring training that I had never seen before, and it was a brand-new person. I watched him as he was out in the outfield, and I said, what were you telling yourself? And he was saying, I love to play right field on bright, sunny days. And he would say this hundreds of times a day. His self-esteem was controlled by his self-image, and his self-image was controlled by his self-talk. The Detroit Tigers had the best record in Major League Baseball the first two months. So the TV station had me travel with the Detroit Tigers on road trips. Well, before, Gibson was always grumpy and never wanted to do interviews, but now he was ready to go. He was the star of the team, and the team was on fire, and they went on to win the World Series. (laughs) What changed? Gibson's attitude. What changed? Gibson's self-talk. In the bottom of the ninth, in the game that won the World Series, He looked back to manager Sparky Anderson and motioned to him and said, watch this. And it was a home run that won the game and won the World Series. What changed? His self-talk. His self-talk changed him. If you change your self-talk on how you think about yourself, you can change yourself, just like Kirk Gibson did. And I have other examples of athletes and what they do to change their attitude about themselves. If you don't, it'll, it'll stay the same. But if you can change the way you look at yourself, you can change yourself. I have lots of examples from pro athletes that have mantras, that have things that they do, things that they say, maybe before a free throw or, or whatever. But the example of Kirk Gibson is a classic example of what happens to control your mind. And I asked him during an interview, what's it like now? He says, I love to play right field on bright, sunny days. 
And I, li- I literally have an inter- a whole story that I did with Kirk that literally goes through exactly what I just said on what can happen if you can harness, if you can do something to control the positive thoughts in your mind, the positive thoughts will take over those negative thoughts. If you have negative thoughts and you don't control them, they control you. So you have to find a way to get rid of those automatic negative thoughts. And if you do that, you can literally, and I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, literally, I mean, with shooting for NFL films, I literally had mantras about getting ready and, and uh, not letting any bad shot uh, control. Uh, I was a ground photographer for NFL films for 25 years. And I remember one game, I missed a shot. I mean, the football went up in the air, and I couldn't find it. I was doing circles, and it landed on a guy. Man, oh, darn, I missed the shot, and I got mad at myself, three shots. And then I realized in looking back that, no, John, you can't do that. So once I missed the next shot, I said, next shot, next play, Mm -hmm. next play, and rebooted my brain, literally rebooted my thoughts, literally kicked out the negative thought and replaced it with a positive thought. And that made all the difference. And from that point on, yeah, I might miss a shot. That's just what happens. But it wouldn't happen. When I did it before, I'd be so messed up with missing that one shot, I'd miss three more. So if you can stop that negative thought, if you can put it in reverse, it makes all the difference in the world. And that's what life is about, positive thoughts negative thoughts. If you can replace those negative thoughts and just with a sort of a fly swatter, just go bam and rethink it in a, in a different way. Uh, instead of being so upset about wondering whether or not I locked the door, have some way to remember in your mind that you did lock the door. You won't mm-hmm. lock the door anymore and you'll drive off and you won't have the, the negative thoughts. And then things build up. I found that when you have negative thoughts, uh, one negative thought will add on to another and another and another. Before long, you have a thousand negative thoughts and you can't even move. Uh, so I think you have to have a way to stop those negative thoughts. I think of a fly swatter. Think about uh, fly swatter and, and flea and uh, flies and just see a fly swatter hitting a fly. Uh, and that's what you have to do with your negative thoughts. And I think with uh, bad memory, I think 90% is your attitude. And if there's some way you can find a way to change that attitude, if you do that, it'll make all the difference. And these these two videos I talked about, I I think uh, will really make a huge difference to people. Uh, Ron White, uh, especially, who is the world champion of memory. He has countless free videos on YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that that's uh, I, I totally agree. I think kind of that that mind over matter thing. You know what you what you think will happen will happen because that's what you're looking for and that's what you're telling yourself. And yeah, that's a critical critical aspect. And I see that with so many who are um, you know living with dementia, uh, the people that are are trying to you know, advocate and do good work and feeling purposeful in their life, even though it's not something they would choose, they've still found purpose. And it's, it's, it, it brings you to a whole nother level. Um, some, and, and see if you agree with this or not, but some had said that they've never felt as purposeful as they do now. Because now they're very focused in on on what makes them happy and how to help other people. Do you do you feel you're more that you need to be more focused now and and take some of those questions more seriously now that you have dementia? A hundred percent. I don't know about purposeful, but I'm telling you, I'm more dedicated now than I've been my entire life. Uh, I think I'm happier than I've ever been my entire life. And it just comes down to your attitude when you get up. Um, You know, you choose what kind of day you have. You choose your attitude. You literally choose how good of a memory you have. Uh, You choose these things. It's your choice. 
um, it's like changing channels on a, at a, at, on your TV. You go to the channel you want to go to and make sure that channel helps you. Uh, and there are so many things to do, especially going to YouTube and, and finding motivational, inspirational things to improve your memory and uh, improve your self-esteem. I think self-esteem has a big part to do with it, and if you have high self-esteem, you'll be fine no matter what you do. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's critical, and especially with your with your memory, find memory experts, and they're all over YouTube, and they're all over uh, where you can buy them at Amazon.com, and like these books I was talking about, they're they're like thirty nine cents a piece plus shipping, uh, and there's a book here that's uh, probably five pounds and it's 101 ways to improve your memory and uh, i think it's seven bucks including postage if you go Mm -hmm. online amazon.com just put in memory and uh, you'll be able to find all kinds of things that will be selective for you and things that will help you and like on youtube you're going to you're going to find information that is good and information that's funny and information that will help you and I, I think, you know, that the YouTube sites um, are things that will help the people that are listening to this right now more than you can imagine. It, they, they have helped me a lot. Yeah. Now, John, have you, a, a lot of people have joined some social media groups. Um, have, you, have you gotten involved with any of that? Well, I, besides your group, I don't know of any groups that uh, you're talking about. I certainly will join them but i don't know of what they are now okay so yeah there's groups like uh on facebook called forget me nots or memory people um you plug in the word dementia memory alzheimer's any of those um, different various groups will pop up and um what i love about these groups is it gives people social connection basically 24 7 so if if you can't sleep during the night, which now that's not a problem for you, but but if you weren't able to sleep, you could get up and you could connect with somebody who understands the journey over you know over in the UK or over in Australia or whatever. There's always somebody to connect and respond um, to, and there's a, a group called Dementia Mentors where people who first get diagnosed and get hooked up to somebody living with dementia kind of help guide them. Have to grieve because that's a normal process. Nobody wants any type of chronic illness, um, but they they get them connected. They fill them with hope and, and and they help them kind of rebalance life and in different ways to adjust. Um, dementia Mentors also has a bunch of short videos. Even though it's for people with dementia, it has short videos that'll help care partners that are done by people living with the disease, which I think is really cool too. Um, but you know. Fabulous. There's just some fabulous, fabulous groups out there that can help help so many um, people. Now, John, if if let's say somebody is listening today that is worried about their own cognition, what would what would your advice be to them? My number one advice would be to be checked, to be to go to a doctor, be be checked, to check it out. Um, don't be afraid. Get checked um, and check out things online. Check out things on YouTube and um, literally learn what's wrong. Learn what you have and how you can um, attack it, how you can get better, feel better. And uh, I think that would be the, the main key. Mm-hmm. I think that's good advice because you you can't fix um, or even begin to support something if you don't if you don't have a name for it if you don't know what it is you're dealing with and so often um, there are people will have memory issues that can be corrected you know not everybody is that lucky but a lot of people um, it might be um, dehydration where they're not drinking a lot of liquids because maybe they're having some bladder issues. 
And so if they don't drink liquids, then they don't have to go to the bathroom as much. But that can throw things off off kilter. Um, electrolytes or vitamins um, or mixture of medications or, like you said, lack of sleep. That And that's really only come out in the last year. Um, how important sleep is, Dr. Rooney, uh, Rudy Tanzi um, is very uh, renowned um, neurologist and, and researcher, and he he you know said I used to brag that I only got three to five hours of sleep. You know I multitask. I didn't need that much sleep, and he said, boy, I get eight hours of sleep now. I've changed my schedule. This is really critical, important stuff because. When we sleep, that's when our brain rests and it rejuvenates, which is which is very very important um, for us. John, what about a family? What would you tell them in terms of being able to support um, a loved one with dementia? What advice would you give them there? Uh, the advice would be to find out as much as they possibly can before they talk to the person who has dementia so that they go in with knowledge of what it's all about. I think that's a real key. Um, somehow maybe get them checked. I think that would be a key. Um, and, and just let them know that it's not as bad as they think it might be. Um, have them look up videos. Have them study videos. Have them go to the library and really know the background and what might happen so that when they talk to the person that's that's there that uh they can be you know gentle and um let them know that uh, there is help and this is the help we're going to get you and going to a doctor i think could also help to get advice from them on what can be done uh, so that they don't think they're going to be going into a nursing home tomorrow um give them hope uh, and have them do research have them do uh, things online, have them do things and, and learn online uh, what they want to teach to uh, the relatives that they have. Um, it's, uh, it's very frightening. It was for me at the start. And um, once I learned more about it, like I say, and I started this, said this earlier, whatever you focus on with emotion expands. So if you're thinking the negative thoughts about what I have and how bad it is, and I can't sleep, and I can't remember anything, and I don't know where my glasses are, that's going to expand. So if you can find ways to always put things in the same spot, that's so critical. If you're always saying, where are my keys? Well, they're not where you put them usually. So if, if you can find ways to help your loved one, I think that's a real key. Uh, you know, whatever comes from the heart touches the heart. People will know if you're, you know, talking from the heart. When you talk mm-hmm. from the heart, it touches the heart. So you have to literally sit down and talk to somebody and not, you know, lecture them, but just sit down and hold a hand and talk to them. And mom or dad, I think this would help. I think it would help if you have this done. Um, and first, before you, you you get dramatic like that, I would literally go online and do what I've been talking about this uh, 40 minutes now uh, about, you know, what you can do to, to check on your memory and check on your brain and check on your health. One thing that has helped me dramatically the past 32 days, I'm overweight. Started out at 270. Okay, that's a lot of weight for somebody my height, 5'11". So I said, I'm going to start walking. And so I started walking every day and I was at 270 and I'm like 250 Um, and I walk run at a local YMCA where I will walk run lap then run one lap and I wear headphones it's easy it is fun it's a great workout and it's just melting off my body and I think it's improving my memory Not a little, I think a lot. And it's exercise, and it's something that's fun to do. And if you can have exercise, something that's fun to do, I think that will improve not only your memory, but your outlook, make you look better and feel better. So I'm so glad that I'm doing that, and it has made a difference. 
Well, that's wonderful. I was going to ask you about that because I knew that you had um, you had started exercising. So I'm so glad that you that you brought that up because exercise, um, you know, gets that blood flow going, gets the oxygen to the brain, and all of that is very important. Plus, like you said, you just feel better. That's something I need to work on much more. Um, I need to get my butt out because I sit at my computer way, way too much or stand in front of it. And I'm just, I'm not moving, um, you know, and that is, it's not healthy on a, on a lot, a lot of levels. And so I, I applaud you for doing that. Have you changed your diet at all? Or some people I know um, go to the Mediterranean diet or at least try to. Um, have you, have you looked into that at all for yourself? I have dramatically. I've way, cut way back on not only what I eat, but how much I eat. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a big difference. I think it makes a, a big difference in how you feel, how you act. Um, and uh, I'm going over there today. I'm going over this afternoon. And uh, what's neat is a track, and it's a, a free workout at a local YMCA. And uh, the headphones help so much. Um, and I think that's another thing. You know, with headphones, your mind isn't about the walk. It's about the music. And I was a rock and roll disc jockey. Uh, in Panama at, for Armed Forces Radio TV and at a TV station in Iowa. And, uh, but uh, it, it, it takes your mind away. When you're out there, it takes your mind away from your problems, all your problems, because you're walking and you're listening to the music. And if you find a way to take your mind off your problems, I think you're going to come a long ways with being happier. Um, sometimes you're not, when you're thinking about negative things, you're not in a good mood. Where if you can get start playing music and get your mind off of it, I think it makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you on that. Well, John, it has just been such a pleasure. You are, um, you have such a radio and TV voice um, to begin with, but you are just such a great, great pleasure to to talk with. I love your attitude. I, I love the work that you do. It was amazing to watch you when you did that hour-long feature, you know, maneuvering things and how you worked with uh, the cable TV in Burnsville. Um, to to put that together and the the passion that you still have and the the eye for just the right pieces and sound bites and where they belong. I, I was it, it was amazing to watch you work and the the skills that are that are still so finely tuned. Um, even though I know you'd mentioned at times you, you didn't know where something was or you couldn't remember a process. The the skill of of putting a story together is is like, I mean, it's just part of your cellular makeup, <laughs> and you do just such a such a great job. So I I applaud you um, for for continuing your work because um, you really are very skilled at at um, sharing a story and and getting to the heart of it. So um, if people want to get a hold of John, they can go to Facebook. Um, and go to John Gross. Um, it would be Facebook, and then John dot Gross dot seven. So you must be the seventh John Gross out there on Facebook. Yeah. I'm sure it's a, a more common name. Or you can email John at J Gross, and that's G R O S S at five at A O L A T five. A T five. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. Yep. Good. Yep. Good call. So uh, that's J G R O S S A T five at AOL dot com. So no, at Gmail. I'm sorry. At Gmail dot com. Oh. oh, it's Gmail. Okay, because I have. Sorry to about that. Here we go. Third time. Okay. So I will I will change that on uh, both the the website, um, the blog, and the radio show because I, I I have AOL down there. So we will so get that. J J G R O S S A T five at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Well, good to know. I'm glad you said that. Um, so I will definitely get that corrected. Any last comments that you want to share? We've got about five minutes left here. Five minutes left. Uh, 
not really, but I really enjoyed this today, um, and I think we got so much covered. That's the beauty of a, of a program like this. Instead of a five-minute program, we have a program like this, and uh, I just think it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And more than anything, I want to point out, it's better than you think it is, that if, if you have problems, find a way to get over the hump, get over you know the broad jump, uh, get over things. And find a way to change your attitude. If you can change your attitude, you can change your life. And I would almost guarantee that 90% of your problems are, are involved with your attitude and how you feel about it. If you change your attitude, you can change your life. And I've seen it in so many athletes, so many pro and uh, college you know, teams. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you today, and I'm, I'm glad that you called. You know, if I can help in any other way, let's do it. Yeah, well, this has just been really, really fun, John, and um, I, I still want to have you out to our Roseville AD group uh, when, you know, for a, for a program. I think that that would be wonderful to to have you be part of that as one of our one of our speakers because you you just talk so eloquently and um, and passionate and and you're confident in terms of what it is you're saying and. And that's just important to hear um, in somebody's voice. It's it's um, it's just nice to to see that, and you allow us to feel that too. And so again, thank you, thank you again for for all that you do. So please feel free to share this episode far and wide. I think John has a great story uh, to tell and is inspiring to so many that maybe be might be teetering a little bit with, with depression or feeling that they're not as much as you can hear in John's voice. Um, he is all of that and more. Uh, dementia has not taken away his life. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, drawn him down another path and he is still living it fully uh, as you can as well. So in wrapping up here, I am just going to um, give a shout out to the A-list. If you are looking to connect with um, researchers and and have a voice in that fashion, the A-list, which is through usagainstalzheimers.org, um, really does some short uh, surveys that you can do online, and they always get back to us with what what the outcomes are, which I love. Um, Maria Schreiber has her women's Alzheimer's movement because more women than men tend to get it, and so she's really pushing for research in that avenue. And don't forget about the memory cafes. If you're looking for one in your area, you can just go to memorycafedirectory.com. That's memorycafedirectory.com. Or maybe you have a memory cafe and you want to be listed. You can be listed there free. So just reach out to Dave, again, by going to memorycafedirectory.com. And then we are still looking for more restaurants to get involved with the Purple Angel um, or the Purple Table um, program. Uh, Purple Table Reservations is a, a fantastic mode. It was started by a daughter whose mom had dementia and the daughter owned a restaurant. And she realized that um, there were some special needs in terms of how to communicate and where to sit. Um, and so she has put together called purpletables.com. It has an app where you can find a, a restaurant where you can um, actually go and be seated maybe in a more quiet area. Maybe it's more well lit um, where staff are trained um, to ask questions. So you're not overwhelmed with 45 salad dressings or beverages, um, et cetera. And they also help people with post-traumatic stress and autism. There, there are so many people that just need to be dealt with in a little bit different fashion so that they can still enjoy going out in the public. You can also check the Care to Plan Dementia Resource Directory. You can see a sampling of that on my website. So just go to Alzheimer's Speak. Dot com, and there's a big tab on the top that says resource directory. Click on that. You can read a little bit more on that, and then um, you'll just click on the photo, the graphic there, that'll take you to a bunch of resources 
um, regarding dementia. So thank you all so much for sharing your time with us. And I hope that you like us while you're on this page and, and share it with your your tribes, if that's Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's um YouTube, it doesn't make any difference. People need to get this information, and the more information that's out there, the more comfortable people will reach out for it when they need it. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks again, John Gross. You are amazing. Bye now. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey a lot easier.